Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yep. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll- I a Bachelor? Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will mm. sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. Well, it feels so good to see so many strong and loving couples here today. And quite honestly, you're going to need that strength now in the next couple days because things are about to get a lot tougher. In fact, I think the next couple of hours are going to be very telling. And that's because, as of right now, paradise is over. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, and we have just completed viewing of the penultimate episode of Bachelor in Paradise Season 8. We saw a lot of stuff tonight. 
We're going to see a lot more tomorrow night. I think tomorrow night will be the better episode of these final two. But some interesting <laughs> stuff tonight, to say the least. And we will get to it, rest assured. But before we do, we have to mention something very important. The holidays are almost here. And right now, you can go to gameofroses.co and get some adornments for your tree if you put up a tree. We're talking about ornaments. Gornaments. Gornaments. Specifically, DLP on these ornaments. They're, little, they're shaped like a little Christmas tree, and they've got DLP's demonic face with his glowing red eyes staring back out at you so that you can sneak these ornaments onto your friend's Christmas trees, onto your family's Christmas trees. They may not even know they're, ne- they're there, but you will know that DLP is watching over and presiding over your holiday events. Yeah, so it's kind of like how you would put you know, an angel at the top of your Christmas tree, you know, if you celebrate or, you know, get 50, cover the whole tree mm-hmm. in his honor. I think all of these seem like reasonable, reasonable routes to take with that. I really enjoy the idea of sneaking them onto other people's trees and they don't know about <laughs> it. And they're just like, what the fuck is this? And then you get to drag them into the pit. You don't tell them that you put it there, though. Just be like, I don't know where that came from, but I will tell you what it is. That's DLP. What's DLP? Dark Lord Palmer. I would see it. I would be like, Banksy did this. That's why I would think attacked my tree. <laughs> Banksy's outrage at guests just knows no bounds. Banksy got me once again. Yeah. <laughs> Banksy took guests down and now he's taking down your Christmas tree. Banksy can go down chimneys. Big facts. Speaking of big facts, we got a lot of big facts to get to tonight. But uh, once again, you can pick up those ornaments at gameofroses.co. We hope that you enjoy them and that they brighten your holiday season. But now let's talk about what we came here to talk about, Pace Case. And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. All right, so this is it. This is when things are getting very serious. We get this intro tonight on BIP. We see tears. Things could not be more serious. Night one of the two-night finale event. Last rose ceremony. Life decisions are going to be made. Roses mean more now than they ever have. Logan calls it the great divide. Paradise is over, says DLP. There is fear. There is nervousness. Life after paradise is discussed. Some are not ready. We see some sparklers. We see Brandon dropping a mic. Broken hearts. Victoria Fuller is in tears. We get our video intros and we begin portion one. It is night. And we come to the beach. The players aren't here, though. They've already left. This is a pickup shot with just Wells sitting in his bar as the bartender. You think this wasn't even in Mexico? Uh, It was in Mexico, but it was obviously after the whole season is done. It's Wells direct addressing the camera. Hey, guys. I'm Wells, and welcome to the beaches of paradise. We're down to the final couples, which means some will be getting engaged very soon and others will not. So who will get down on one knee and propose? We'll find out tomorrow night. But first, let's talk about how we got here. Gather round. Tis time for another installment of Wells Storytime. It took every ounce of self-control that I have to not put my foot through my TV screen and then throw it out my window into the street below where I hoped it would get crushed by a large vehicle. What the fuck was this? (laughs) I literally 
I started panicking. I was like, is this a is this a full whole flashback episode? Like Yes, I did too. I and also it's hosted by Wells. I was like, what is this? And I couldn't uh DLP was has never been missed more than this moment. I we took a bet before on our live of whether this would be a two-part live hosted finale or fantasy suites and then the finale. I really yeah. thought it was going to be the four hour, but instead we got this. <laughs> no, but it looks like tomorrow night is going to be the mixed live and, and remainder of these fantasy suites and stuff. This was utterly terrible. I just want to put a little call out to the producers, current producers. Look, we know you're trying. We know the task you have is a difficult one to produce this much media and make it interesting. And it's year round. Basically, I get it. This is a hard job. However, don't make it harder on yourself. Just remove wells from the equation. <laughs> Take out these things. They're not good, nor are they necessary. And I get that you had to make 16 episodes. You had to find enough content. So you blaze an entire portion here just doing a recap package that no one gives a shit about. Couldn't they add more people or storylines? That's what I just kept thinking. I'm like, wait, you can only tell a storyline over this amount of episodes? It's just simply untrue. It's absolutely preposterous that but they had to put this thing in here and again they they call it well story time and they did flashbacks at the fucking dinner oh my god also did you notice this at one point wells is like shanae made a move on tyler but got clam jammed by jill oh yes i did write the phrase clam jammed down somewhere what is clam jammed is that like cock blocked so i think this is supposed to be like cock blocked a little tip for wells when the producers say, now you have to read Clam Jammed, don't read it. Just don't do don't that. Don't do it. <laughs> um, there is no mention of Sally's suitcase in this entire recap. That entire story omitted from the recap. This story of Sally's suitcase took up a narrative arc across multiple episodes, about three or four, I think, and had one of the most uh, important scenes of the entire fucking season. They don't mention oh. it at all here. In the Wells story time multiverse, you know, you can't have a Wells story time within a Wells story time. Oh. And you know that the Sally <laughs> suitcase took place during a Wells story time, and this is a Wells story I time. See. So. I see. I didn't know that the Wells story time. We would time all cease to exist rules. if they had included that storyline in here. Suffice it to say. That creates a paradox <laughs> and it swallows the entire universe. I understand. Yes. Um, Clam Jammed, it it, it rolls off the tongue like a like a saw paper on a tongue. What is saw paper? Saw paper. <laughs> yeah, what is that? What you use to like sand down a table or something? That's sandpaper, I think. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Look, I stay in my lane, okay? Carpentry is not my lane. <laughs> okay, fair. Um, anyway, this first portion, this is the worst way to open an episode that you could have possibly done. Uh, please never do it again, producers. And if I may also, producers, let me just put out this plea. Find what you love about this show again. Find what made you want to apply for this job in the first place. Find what you care about in this actual show again. Make it fucking good again. Find what is fun about it. If you're not having fun making this, we can't have fun watching it. That's a, a simple truth. So please, I beg you. Portion two begins. 
It is daytime. Serene and Brandon sit with arms around each other. Johnny and Logan talk about Logan's inability to talk to Kate because she's hanging out with Shanae. Logan ITMs that this is the, in quotes, great divide. The line is drawn between couples that look cute together and couples who will move across the country for each other, he says. Those are the only two versions of couples he sees coming out of this. I think he forgot a third kind of couple. This is couples who will stay together on Instagram for two to six months to generate spawn con opportunities. He made no mention of that type of couple here. Or kidnapping couples like Kira and Romeo. Right. We see kisses between, oh my God, while they're doing the ITM of Logan saying couples who will move across the country for each other, they show Brandon and Serene versus couples who may just be cute together and they show the twins. And we see Alio announce to the group that this is his first time he can give a rose. Spoiler, it's going to Danielle, or it's the first time he can give it to Danielle. And Mara says, on that note, I've been sticking it out, but it's painfully obvious. My person's not here. She's not going to stay for the rose ceremony and be the only cut. So she self-eliminates. Obviously an error here. Not my error of the game, but an error. Um, The producers have also forced her to do this. They've At this point, the producers have had conversations with all of these players. They know exactly what's going to happen in this rose ceremony. They want to have the even math because they also know what Kate is going to do to Logan, which we will get to in a minute. And they don't want Mara hanging around to be a possible uh, secondary choice for Logan's rose, which will fuck up all of their plans. That's just rose math. It is rose math. And Florence says, why would you put yourself through a rose ceremony when literally everyone else is coupled up? I think that is prescripted by producers here as well. I wrote down Miramis uh, on an experimental strategy potential. An IFI could have done what Romeo did. Should have proceeded to get belligerently drunk, take a spill, get some damage on her, go out in an ambulance, make the entire mm-hmm. cocktail party about you or the the pre-cocktail party. I mean, we, we obviously learned that there is no cocktail party. We'll get to that in one moment. <laughs> Look, as someone who took a spill today, it's dangerous. Yeah. It I can have the be. wounds to prove it. Oh, you got some damage on you. Um, but no, Mara, I agree. Should have IFI'd on said. Uh, and we see DLP comes in as if right on cue after Mara self-eliminates and says, not an easy choice for her. Now it's eight and eight. And make uh, think about your current situation. Could you see it in real life? Be honest. He issues four very specific terms. These are open gameplay terms. He says, think about your relationships for anyone who doesn't think it's a game here. Again, he says, think about, am I in love? This is have you love level forward. Can I see my relationship back home in the real world? Have you future casted? Am I ready to propose? Have you precogged? Or is it time to go home? Self-elimination. This is open gameplay speech. He is putting out in very clear terms what the rules of this next phase are. To make it to what is essentially the playoffs of Paradise, you must conform to these four rules. It is very simply stated here. And he says, guess what? Because we care about relationships so much, there's going to be no cocktail party for you to talk this out. So we're going to have those decisions In the rose ceremony. Absolutely insane. Why was there no cocktail party? They gave us a fucking entire portion of Wells recapping shit that we have already seen. They gave us no cocktail party. Why? I don't understand that. Because they could have also used it to drum up the drama between Kate and Logan or or whoever. I think maybe the Kate-Logan thing was too, like, they were going to break up in the next conversation, maybe. 
And so they they wanted it to hold off. That's my theory. No, but she's clearly doing their bidding. They could have just told her like, yeah, string him along, get the rose, you break up tomorrow. She would have done that. That's what she did. I mean, <laughs> for like most of the season, you know? I, I think that she's a producer player at this point, like a hundred percent. She tweeted that she tweeted that there's a lot of stuff that we didn't see. No shit. Sauce wars. <laughs> Sauce wars tweets. <laughs> Sauce wars are are heated tonight on the Twitter. As Twitter is dying, the Sauce Wars are just starting to live. I don't think Twitter's dying, by the way. I think everybody thinks that because all these people are getting fired and walking out and shit, but it's like I've been on Twitter more in the past two weeks than I ever have in my fucking life. Yeah, but I think it's because everybody wants to see the death. Wow, real muskhead. I'm not a muskhead. Coming out about clues today. Grandpa clues, a muskhead. I'm not, I don't, I'm not a muskhead. I don't like Elon Musk. Is what's happening on Twitter very interesting? Yes, everyone's interested in that. The... Including DLP, I'm sure, who tells them all to think about two things. Are you happy and are you ready to take this thing to the next level? If the answer to either of those things, those things is no, maybe it's time to say goodbye. See you at the rose ceremony. The players get up without talking to each other at all. Dead silence as they march off toward this unnecessarily immediate rose ceremony. And it seems like they've been prohibited from speaking to one another. Mm-hmm. They, are, they are so silent in that moment that I'm like, producers must have said, don't you fucking talk to each other. How could they have prohibited that, though? Parisi then ITMs that Aaron was walking in front of her. It was weird. She tells Florence she's feeling weird about it. She ITMs that she wishes they could have this conversation they needed to have, but that uh, they can't, and she doesn't even want to go to the rose ceremony. Again, why couldn't they? Could she have not just gone to him and been like, okay, we need to talk about some shit? The producers would have done what? You fucking yanked her away? I don't don't know. (laughs) It's so bizarre. Like, anybody who's now watching this show... And thinking this is a show about helping these people find love, helping foster these relationships. And yeah, we put them through some tough tests, but that only makes the relationship stronger. In this instance where they say you cannot have a final conversation, fuck you. How can anyone now watch the show and still think that the show is about helping these people find love? They're just... At this point, I mean, they're arranging the chairs on the Titanic. You Ugh. just have to overcome all these obstacles. And that's how you know your love has stood the test of time. And we see this fifth and final rose ceremony. And DLP reminds the ladies they don't have to accept. Hint, hint. And Alio gives his to Danielle, Brandon to Serene, Johnny to Victoria. He loved level threes. She loved level fours. Tyler to Brit. Clancy to Genevieve and loves her perseverance. Uh, Justin to Flo, Joey to Shanae, and Logan ITMs that he and Kate are on the same page. And Logan says, Kate, we've walked through fire. And Kate says, unforgettable moments, but you told me I was critical, not warm enough, stimulated by drama. And... Those are actually projections I feel from you. I'm not happy or in love to answer DLP's questions. I know what I want. This isn't it, which felt yeah. like Franken bitten to shreds. And then Love Level 4 is the group. And Kate's rejection of this rose from Logan was my error, 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 error of the game. 
You just don't do this. Accept the rose, dump him tomorrow. That's what everybody else is going to do. Why do this? Why not give yourself an extra scene? Or potentially even go to the fantasy suite him and then dump him. There's so much more screen time to be mined out of this uh, strategy she's played with Logan this entire season. I don't see why you end it here in a very... It seemed... I mean, judging by the tweet, some other stuff had happened, but... Yeah, I don't know. I'm like, what could producers offer her to do this? I have no idea. Literally no idea how they got her to do it. But she did it, and we watched it, and it was an error. It was my error of the game. (laughs) She ITMs that she wants something effortless that flows in the early stages. Bring me a grown-ass man with a big dick and a bigger bank account. But this is played off face, so I was like, Maybe this is what she said in her, like, application video. (laughs) Oh, my God. They're pulling her application video for Bachelor to cut together these things. Make her say that she wants a big dick and a bigger bank account. But she's playing this this villain. Big dick and bigger bank account. However, they might have frankenbitten that. Like, she probably did say something along those lines. She definitely said bigger bank account. Um I mean, that's a a scripted producer line. If not her own line, then producers like, yeah, do that. She's playing a pro wrestling villain. And I love it. I think Kira Mengistu did that as well. I loved that. Mm -hmm. And I think this is the direction we need to go with our beloved game. Kate is still writing the line a little bit. She's not full like Tira Lacazi level. She still kind of seems like a real person. And I think she just needs to elevate it a little bit more. I'm very curious to see what she's going to do in the live finale. I think she's going to be very entertaining. I cannot wait for this finale. (laughs) I know. I think it's going to be outstanding. But that's it. That's the end of uh, Kate and Logan. That was a relationship. One of the really the most one of the most dramatic ones, if not. I don't know. It's probably up there with with uh, Clancy and Parisi. But uh, they were constantly Mm -hmm. boomeranging going on other dates, coming back together. Don't go on this date. Don't go on that date. How dare you do this? Show me you care. You're not doing enough. You know, all this kind of will they or won't they for the entire season. They really kept the cameras on themselves. Congrats to both of them. And like I said, cannot fucking wait because they're also doing parasocial plays now after the season. Oh my God, the parasocial plays this week. I mean, those are like getting me super amped for the reunion because it's like... They're taking shots at each other. Those parasocial plays are astounding. She's talking about how he can't afford anything but uh, Chipotle with guacamole and all this shit. And he doesn't have enough money to go to Cabo. And he's fucking making videos with him in his orange car eating the fucking dip. God damn. Yeah, booking a trip to Cabo on his Costco travel card. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) I'm very excited to see where that goes. And the next portion is the next day on the beach. And DLP says, time for the palapa. You'll need strength now. The next couple hours, paradise is over. No more arrivals or rose ceremonies. Tomorrow's overnights. Find out if if the love you found can leave paradise. Have serious talks. Can I see this person? Am I ready for engagement? And so they're changing. Literally the rules from last season. They're like, you could only, if you, only if you can see yourself getting engaged can you do a fantasy sweep. Yeah. As opposed to last year where they like forced breakups. This year they're like letting people leave together. It used to be fantasy sweep was kind of the first round of playoffs. It was like, can you see yourselves taking this to the next level? Then you get a fantasy suite. Then when you come out of fantasy suites, it's like, can you see yourself getting engaged? 
like, what kind of puritanical shit is this? You have to be ready for an engagement to do fantasy suites. But this is also the, in my opinion, this is like one of the easiest parts of the game to manipulate. You just say yes. You get engaged. Right. Who gives a fuck? You can then not be engaged two months later. Well, I think they don't. I just think they don't let them or something. How could not let them? I don't know why. Not, I don't. I don't know why ten people, ten couples don't get engaged. I think they force them out. How? They say you can't get engaged. There's no ring for you. Okay, we don't need a ring. I'll make a ring out of fucking sea moss and twigs. I don't give a shit. My love is pure. Brand, yeah. Brandon Jones, four thousand. Exactly. The sea moss <laughs> ring. He emerges. He emerges out of the ocean, covered in yeah. seaweed, with a seaweed. He catches ring. a clam. He's got a clam in his mouth that he opens up, and there's a pearl inside. No clam jam here. <laughs> My sister's in Christ. It's not about the sparkler. I mean, I just think that you can, at the end of the season, you could get engaged and there's nothing they can do to stop you. There simply isn't. Paradise is the easiest game to manipulate. I just assumed there's some way they stop them because otherwise, why aren't there more engagement? Because I think people don't want to do it. I, I think it comes like, I do think many of these players, um, are not playing a, a pure 4TWR game. You would have to be doing that. Like yeah. if one of the young twins got engaged to either Florence or Shanae, that would be a pure 4TWR. I'm, I'm saying <laughs> that doesn't seem like it's happening all that much. Although I do think like Logan and Kate probably had some, some scripted bits and stuff. But I think once you get to the end saying like, oh shit, we're going to get engaged. What do you mean? It seems so natural when they made out in the rain in a who joke. God, there's some scripted shit in this, in the rest of this episode too. But uh, with, uh, Parisi and Clancy, which we'll get to. I think that was a completely written scene. At any rate, um, DLP wishes them all the best of luck. Says, we hope, uh, I hope I'll see you later today. And then we get a few ITMs about players being stressed and nervous about the tough talks coming up. Serene comes to join the guys who are having a guy chat. Brandon picks her up, kisses her. He ITMs having continuous excitement about her. And he gives her this piggyback ride to a day bed. They kiss. And we get this series now of these uh, one-on-ones. While the genders are split. We don't really talk enough about the gender split, but that is something they force upon the Paradise players a lot. Yeah. And then the producers tell them, okay, now Brandon and Serene, you go have your talk Mm -hmm. while the genders remain split. So they just pick one couple at a time to go have their talks. And he tells her that she's the most beautiful person he's ever seen. She says, no one has loved her the way he does. And she will love him forever. Bunch of kissing here. And she ITMs having no fear, only excitement. Then we go to Brittany. Brittany ITMs that Brandon and Serene have the strongest relationship. And she needs to hear Tyler use the sacred words or she cannot move forward. She lays out a very clear, concise uh, Mm -hmm. condition for success, essentially. One-on-one time with Tyler and Brittany, he tells her that he couldn't have thought of anything better in his head than meeting her. He reminds her of some ball game they played at the Sadie Hawkins dance, and that's what made him realize that he loves her. Love level four. She love level fours him back, and he says he can see them together outside of this. It's that they stole the the game from NC. (laughs) Yeah, they picked it up. He says that he's not ready to get engaged right away, though, and he invites her to go to Chicago to have a life outside of this, and then they leave Paradise together in the same car. I wrote this as an error, and and this is the first time that we're Mm. seeing this. Where it's like, listen, I really like you, or I love you, in fact. They both love level four. I just don't want to get engaged, so let's leave together. 
that now is the strange option that I don't think we've seen before, right? It wasn't. They had couples pretend to break up because it wasn't an option last season. And like maybe they did listen to us that that should be an option. It doesn't make sense to be like you Mm -hmm. have to get engaged or break up. And so they've changed the rules this season to be like, you have to see yourself getting engaged to go to fantasy suites. Yeah, but I mean, even that is like, you should at least get a fantasy suite. You know what I mean? These motherfuckers went through hell on earth yeah. to get to this point. That's what I mean. I think they forced them out. But they should reward them, is what I'm saying. They're like, you should leave as a couple. Great, leave as a couple. But get one last night in paradise to have like a big party for the people who like made it through the torture that, that uh, the producers fucking had to try and destroy these people. I mean, fuck. Tyler came in in that fucking second group of guys. Remember that shit? They don't want to pay. They don't want to pay for ten fantasy suites. Doesn't That's even have to be a fantasy it. suite. Just make that dinner table that we saw a little bigger. Just put you know a couple more seats at it, and you can eat your cheeseburger, egg rolls, or whatever the fuck. I do think they should have had them at the final dinner. That was weird. I yeah, we'll get to the final dinner. It but. was like very. It was kind of Squid Games final dinner for me. <laughs> oh, it was. It was a very weird scene for a lot of reasons. We will get to it. Yeah, there is a line in this episode that was the one really surprising to me. We'll get to it. We then see Joey ITMing a praising of the process based on Brandon and Serene and Brittany and Tyler. He thinks he and Shanae are on the same page, <clears throat> not ready for an engagement, but that they want to pursue something outside the game. We then see this one-on-one conversation between Joey and Shanae. She has her head buried in a pillow on the daybed. She cannot even face this man. <laughs> She's tearsing, tells him she's scared and nervous and anxious. He's confused because he thought they were on the same page to see what happens after this. And then she lets him know that the age gap scares her, as does him living with his parents. She's looking for someone who is more independent. He's like, uh, I'm independent just because I live with my parents doesn't fucking mean anything. And she's like, I'm not looking for someone who's on social media all the time doing TikTok dances. He's like, what? I'm not doing that. You've never mentioned any of this. And then she says she wants a man. And he's like, okay, so now I'm not a man. She doesn't want a guy who does the TikTok dances. He says, again, he doesn't do that. She buries her head in her hands and says she hates this. And then he says, this makes no sense, bringing up all this other stuff that was never brought up before. And she's like, look, it's just not here anymore. Uh, Her handling of this was an error, for sure. She's grasping at straws. Shanae dumping Joey Young and never making a single dance TikTok video was my error, 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 error of the game. I think it can still be healed. I think they they could make a TikTok dance together and I think that that would do very well parasocially. Mm. But Shanae, what are you doing? There's no point of breaking up right now. You have the choice to go to fantasy suites. Beyond that, the way she did it was wrong. She's saying all this shit that's like, here's all this shit that's Uh, wrong with you. Here's why I can't be with you. You live with your parents. You're not a man. You're making TikTok dances. It's like, just say the age thing is too much for me. I've had fun here, but like, mm -hmm. I can't pursue this. That's all you have to say. I thought I could do it. I I thought I could take it seriously. Something like that. Exactly. Instead, she launches yeah. this fucking litany of insults that are baseless on a guy who's just sitting there like, what the fuck? Like, I, none of this is true. What are you saying? Well, they might not be baseless. We don't know. But we didn't see any video of him talking about TikTok. And they're not. I think they had. The last time I looked, they had like 6K on TikTok. No, they probably have more now from Paradise. 
But uh, I think Shanae is still stuck in that the mind frame of like, I can't be a villain. I can't be a villain. And she's looking for some way to justify this exit from the relationship. And instead, what she did is made it villainous. Meanwhile, uh, Joey's brother, Justin and Florence show us exactly how this is done. I don't think there's anything to pursue after uh, Paradise. Me either. Great. Hug. And that's it. <laughs> it was fucking brilliant. That's one of the best fucking dissolvings of a relationship I've ever seen. Oh, God, it was great. I loved it. <laughs> like the end of a business meeting. <laughs> but then the twins get in a car and they say they're ready to go home to Sunday sauce with mom. And we get Shanae gives a little exit speech. She says she came to paradise to uh, be in love, find a husband, but that's not Joey. She tears as she wants to take someone home and show them off. We then get a casting card at the end of portion four. Tired of feeling like someone's cool aunt instead of their girlfriend. I'm guessing that's a Shanae reference. I guess it wasn't a line in the show that I noticed. <laughs> like, was that a cut line? I feel like his cool aunt. Yeah. Who do you think Shanae would be a good bachelor couple with? That she could team up with? Chris Souls. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. That's a really hard one. Maybe her and Bonsall. I could see that. Didn't they go on a date? Am I crazy? She should get back with Bonsall. I agree. But portion five begins its day. The guys are all talking about how uh, there are tough conversations to be had. Clancy is conflicted. Johnny is all in on Victoria Fuller. He ITMs that she makes him feel validated and confident, but she's ready for engagement and he's scared of the commitment. As they walk to a day bed, he sighs and she goes, that sigh makes me nervous. We get a little kiss and we get there one-on-one -on -one time. She tells him that she has never been treated so good and she knows she loves him. Love level four. He loved level four to her back. We get some more kissing. She knows what she wants moving forward and she can see a life with him. He came with no expectations and no intentions and she flipped his whole world upside down. He's changed how he thinks about everything that scares him, but he can't imagine life without her. The more time he spends with her, the more reassured he is about engagement. He wants to be everything for her uh, and they get a kiss. Uh, we know what we know now. You know what I'm saying? We know what yes. we know now about Victoria Fuller. I mean, it's hard to not think that every single time they're on camera. <laughs> I agree. That's all I'm thinking the entire time. Grippo, go Grippo goggles. I, I have major Grippo goggles. And we're going to see him tomorrow night. Groggles. I've got groggles. groggles. Victoria Fuller then ITMs Johnny is safe and home. And she can't imagine life without him. He tells her he's not letting her go. So more kissing. She ITMs that it's comforting to hear those words coming from him. She's excited for life outside of paradise. And then Parisi tells the other woman she wants to have her conversation with Aaron. I wrote, they make Genevieve last LMAO. <laughs> She says she's been wanting and hoping it'll work out, but it comes down to this conversation today. The nerves are there. There's still so much more to learn about each other. She wants to figure out what's best for them, and she's going to need so much therapy after this. It's not even funny, she says. And uh, I think everybody on the show probably will. And then we get this one-on-one -on -one time with Aaron mm -hmm. and Per. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about One Skin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. 
and OneSkin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year is flying by. We're almost halfway through it. Now, I've done a lot of things that I'm proud of this year. A lot of them related to Gore. We've had some great interviews. We're kicking it up a level to get on YouTube. We're really taking it to the next place. But there's still a lot that I would like to accomplish this year. And when life is moving fast, it's important to take a moment to celebrate your wins and to make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and then set achievable goals for the next six months so that you get all those things done that you want to get done. Lizzie talks about all the time how beneficial therapy has been for her. My friend Will on my other podcast talks about it all the time, and I agree. It is very good. It's a great tool to be able to talk things out in your life with somebody else who can set you on the right path to getting all those goals accomplished. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. Clues. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect T-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock. Luckily, the perfect T-shirt does exist. And you can find it at Skims. From cropped silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in Onyx. That's kind of a dark black color. And the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in Kyanite, which is kind of like a blue green. And they're both so comfortable. It's basically like you are wearing nothing. Great for free spirit types. Well, for all the free spirits out there right now, you can shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes XXS through 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's Skims. Let me see. And he tells her that he's a little conflicted. He devoted his time to her. He sees a light in her heart. She glows. He fell in love with her. And that's a fact. And he wouldn't do anything different. They've gone through some ups and downs. And the main thing he has an issue with is her desire to leave when they have something go wrong. I cannot believe that he used his catchphrase in his dumping line. 
Yeah, he's a genius. This guy's a genius. <laughs> but I'm also going to say this. The way he's delivering this is like, he definitely has obviously thought about it at the very least. I think Parisi knew this was coming. It felt to me like everybody involved was a part of this one. Producers included. I think this entire scene was set up by the producers. Like, okay, if you guys are going to break up, here's kind of how you do it. Let's have you say this, you say this. Nobody even shed a fucking tear in this. He does. Okay. Yeah, he, he sheds a tear, barely. What? What? You call him fake tear play? Yes. Well, tear play is tear play. Faker, it's like an IFI. It doesn't matter if it's real or not. It is tear. It matters in how you categorize it. No, it doesn't. A tear, if you can produce tear, it's tear play. I know. I haven't been I haven't been keeping categories of tears. Genuine tear play versus manufactured tear play. It's just tears. Although I do differentiate if it's like mom tears or something like that. Anyway, uh yeah, Clancy gives all of these metaphors that she wouldn't be with him in the trenches because she keeps doing the make me stays on the jungle path. But beautiful getting to know you, great girl, great friend. Wish you the very best. You look beautiful today. I love the end on the compliment. He's smiling through all of this. I wrote. He's like, as much as I wish it would have worked out, I'm at peace with the fact that it didn't. And then he says that great friend line. He's literally smiling through this. It's an act. I'm telling you, none of this was real. In my humble opinion. I have no idea. Then we see Parisi. She marches up the stairs again, starts packing. And the other women are watching. Victoria Fuller comes into Parisi. By the way. Yeah. Parisi is stone-faced through his whole thing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. She doesn't seem like she's all bent out of shape or anything about it either. She's just kind of like, whatever. Um, but Parisi tells Victoria Fuller that he turned it all on her. And Victoria Fuller says, you deserve more. Parisi says he didn't mention one thing that he did. Just blamed it all on her. And Parisi's like, you know what? I need to talk to this motherfucker. She marches back onto the beach to get some more time on camera. And we get portion Love six. That. Back to that Clancy Parisi conversation. We hear this ominous kind of doom music is playing, like the final fight in Avengers Endgame. And back to the one on one time. Brandon ITMs, pray for their poor souls. They got problems. <laughs> <laughs> Parisi ITMs, or Parisi says in their one on one time, you tried to put it all on me, but I was reacting to what you did. And the other players are doing this color commentary about the angry posturing. And if it's going well, Johnny gets an ITM about how they're fighting meant it wasn't going to work out. And then back in this big chunk of one-on-one time here, he says, you packed your bags twice and you do it in the future. And then she's like, well, why didn't you let me go the last time then? And he's like, I thought you would change, but you didn't. And he says, they don't mesh together. They don't hear each other. She says, you think you've matured, but you haven't. And he asked her what the point of this conversation is. She's like, I'm not trying to make it work. I'm just trying to make you realize that it was you too. And he apologizes for his part in it. And then he's like, I guess I should have called you something different than beautiful because she gets hung up on that thing. <laughs> and I guess you hate when I call you beautiful. That's what I'm getting out of that. <laughs> <laughs> and Genevieve Parisi's reaction to his apology for calling her beautiful was my face play of the game. She is at Whoa. once confused, offended, 
and so fucking over it. Her eyes are squinted. Her mouth is at about a 10% aperture. It's giving a what the fuck are you talking about, dude, vibe, and it is a thing of beauty. Parisi has been turning in great faceplay this whole season, and she goes out here on a high note with my faceplay of the game. Clancy then wishes her the best and tells her that this time he's not going to stop her from walking away. She promised him she doesn't want him to. <laughs> no tears here. She jogs off down the beach. He flops down on a bed, takes his own pulse at a point. Did you notice that? No. He puts his <laughs> fingers on his fucking neck and he takes his own pulse. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. And uh, then the other players realize this couple is done. Parisi takes her bags. Clancy hugs it out with the bros. I saw man, I saw uh, man tears here. From Clancy? Clancy. Oh, I didn't see it. As he's collapsing on the day bed. Okay. Okay, I think. That's possible. I, I totally could have missed it. Maybe it was just pulse tears. Might have. Might have been. Preci then says, third time's a charm. Genevieve walks down the jungle path and says, third time's the charm to everybody, a.k.a. I'm coming back to paradise, which I fucking loved. Oh. I thought she meant third time on the jungle path's the charm. Like, now I'm really leaving. Oh, no, you're right. That's what it was. Oh, that's what I that thought it was. But I, I like if she's like, no, I'm going to come back to paradise one more time. That's hilarious. <laughs> I, In retrospect, that's exactly. She did not mean that. Oh. Um, And she gets in the car and she ITMs. I'm very angry at how that ended. God forbid he's ever wrong. That little boy. So many things I overlooked because I wanted to make it work. It makes my brain itch. I just wasted my time on a child. And that's big facts. This was almost my play of the game. This exit speech. Yeah. It was so good. She used both of his things. The pain and itching and the big facts. Mm -hmm. If she would have said something about nectar, I would have lost my fucking mind. (laughs) But she didn't. At the end of this, though. We've seen this whole portion now. We've seen the the ending of the Parisi Clancy partnership. Was it all scripted from the very beginning? Was any of it scripted from the very beginning? How much of this was just like an agreement? Let's go as far as we can together. I have no idea. I I don't know and I was really hoping that they were going to get engaged, so I am very sad. Yeah. Well, they should have gotten engaged. It's always an error to not get engaged. I mean, it, just get engaged. Get engaged. Just always in life. I feel like that's just a good strategy. For <laughs> I don't know about that, but in paradise, <laughs> it definitely is. A-B-E. Abe, always be yeah. engaged. Portion seven. We get the one-on-one time between Alio and Maltby. We see... Johnny, ITM more about how they both deserve the world. We see Alio tell Danielle that a month before Laura passed, he had these made for him, Laura and James, these compasses. And I'm pretty sure that this is a Kringle. I'm not sure if she takes it. I don't think so. Okay, no, it's just a prop. He didn't give it to her. That's his compass. Okay, well, I thought it was a Kringle, but... It's a it's a prop. Oof, that would have been some. That would have been stuff of legend if he would have cringled it. But instead, he just pulls it out and he says, "I've got this compass. I made it for there are three of them. I have one. Laura had one, and James, his son, has one. He produces tear play. He says, "I bring this everywhere, so I don't get lost. And on the inside, it says, "I find you wherever you are." And he can't help but think that this compass has brought him to Danielle Maltby and this prop work with his 
family compass tied to his PTC was my... Play, 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 play of the game. This was fucking exquisite. They didn't give us a lot of this relationship this season. No. They gave us mainly uh, Mulby and Olio doing ITMs about other relationships. Hitting their double PTCs. They hit that almost 100% of the time. But holy fuck, did he crush it here at the end of the season. This is one of the best plays all season, in my opinion, to have brought that fucking prop and pull it out right here. I don't know if he had this pre-planned. I don't know if when he was coming to the beach, he was like, if I meet somebody, maybe I can do this. I don't know how much forethought went into this. Fuck, it was great. No, he he carries it wherever he is so he doesn't get lost. And that's why this compass prop work that I thought was a Kringle, but really was just prop work, Related to the double PTCs was also my play, 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 play of the game. I really expected us to get more screen time of this relationship than we did. I'm not sure why that happened, but this scene reminded me why Alio is such a fucking strong player. Like this was beautifully crafted. It felt completely for TRR. I was shipping the couple so hard. Like it was, it was amazing. And it, he produces tears. It, he extracts malt B tears. It's an amazing scene. All couples are going to get these little one-on-one times to talk about the nature of the relationship. And are they going to go forward or not? They're all getting it. And so far, all we've seen is conversations. Yes, some stick together, some do not. Whatever the outcome is, is the outcome. And they are different in these conversations for sure. But here, Alia says, let me make a whole moment out of this. Let me give you something very special that no other couple is going to be able to replicate. Brilliantly fucking done. And essentially, at the end of this, they agree. They want to take the next step. They want to see what this relationship looks like outside of paradise. But... They are not going to get engaged. They agree they're not ready for that. So they leave together. Bunch of kissing here. And she ITM's feeling lucky to be able to eat breakfast with him. And we get this heavily filtered shot of them with the waves in the background and they're kissing. And the filter is just like this. It's almost like a starlight filter. It's so soft. You can see like the gleaming off the water. It's very hazy. This is real hero shit. Mm. And this is their final shot. We see them kissing. The other players are all yelling uh, in support of them. He ITMs Maltby will be a wonderful addition to his family. They get in the car together. We did it, they say. Maltby says, we're going to have fun tonight, implying, I guess, that there was no boom-boom rooming for them. And this is it. This is the uh, the end of Maltby and Olio on sand. Olio's face when Maltby says, we're going to have fun tonight, was my... Face play of the game. <laughs> it was very good. I don't even remember. I didn't see it. I don't think. I just thought this was a perfect segment. And they they lacked. They let leave left as couple. Left as couple. A new a new a new uh, possibility in paradise. You're sometimes allowed to do it if you leave before yeah. the end. But usually that's like through ultimatum. Like remember, like Deanie 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 babies, Kayla Miller keys, yeah. the mustache ultimatum. 
What I am talking about here is this. What are the producers thinking? What are they feeling in this moment? They built this motherfucker up to be grocery store. They wanted that engagement out of this couple. They did not get it. Is this for the producers time wasted? If they wanted it, they should have started with her. Oh, really? No shit. The producers are not good at that shit. All they think about is how can we wreck people? And like, there will be a couple of couples who wind up together, but we need to wreck people. That's their primary objective. And in doing that, they fucked this one up. You don't get a grocery store this season. Or at least you don't get the grocery store you wanted. I would argue Brandon is not a grocery store. He's, uh, I don't know really what he's like. I don't know that we've seen somebody like that. That super puppy dog, you know? But they didn't get their grocery store here. They put a lot of investment narratively into Michael Olio to make that happen. They produced mm-hmm. a fucking rose for him out of thin air when he ended things with Sierra. Well, they sent I mean- Maltby down to save his ass. And this is what they get. You think he would get engaged to somebody without them meeting his child? Like they would have had to have his child there. Bring the child. Oh my God. I They can't bring. <laughs> they can't bring the child. They could do anything they want. They produced a fucking rose out of nothing for Natasha Parker. They literally had Big Polly fucking emerge. I think they should be allowed to have their kid come. At any rate, I just found it very interesting that they did not get their grocery here. Portion eight. Begins. It is the day. The remaining couples, Brandon, Serene, Victoria, Fuller, and Johnny, are walking on the sand, talking about how empty the beach is with no one else there. And Serene ITMs that it makes it real that fantasy suites are coming up, as are the engagements. And the remaining four arrive in the Palapa to meet DLP. He tells them their love has carried them to this point, and hopefully they'll get to an engagement. So what's the next step? Tonight, you can all relax. There's a special dinner. And then tomorrow, you're going to leave paradise for your final overnight dates. And they all are like, oh, God, thank you, Dark Lord Harrison, for not giving us bad news. Palmer. You just said Harrison. Oh, sorry. Palmer. Um, It really (laughs) hits home that every time they see this guy, he is fucking wrecking them, destroying them, making their lives miserable. And every once in a while when he's like, you're just going to have a good dinner tonight, they're like, oh, thank Christ. But they know that he has to. Like, we saw... I wasn't going to point this out because I thought it was a minutiae, but when Dark Lord Palmer <laughs> is talking to them in the palapa, yeah. he's like, you know, from the bottom of my heart, I am happy to see these couples. And when we see Aaron Clancy like clutch his own heart, and therefore you know that DLP is for TRR. Okay. Anyway. I can't wait till you watch him tomorrow <laughs> night just twisting knives in people's fucking backs all night long. That's all he's going to be doing tomorrow night. Trying to wreck motherfuckers. Time will tell. Time will tell. You know, he's got a little birdie in his ear that's paying his paycheck, you know, so. (laughs) They have this weird steak dinner that is the, just like the Squid Game dinner. And we see a bunch of fucking flashbacks from the season. Yeah, they do put a little bit, I mean, this is on Brandon and Serene. They talk about this openly, so they give them the ammo but it opens with this weird thing where they talk about being in a pool together and then swimming to the opposite sides because they were both pissing in the pool. <gasps> oh, yeah. Oh. Never God, talk about these was... things. Never, Why? ever do that. I mean, I guess with Ashley Iconetti pissing in the sand and the the uh, creamy Caesar farts. I, I mean, it's definitely on brand. I just think, like, we want details about the couple, but not like that one. Correct. <laughs> Never do that. Give us something else. <laughs> takes away the glamour, takes away the prestige. 
Uh, Victoria Fuller then starts talking about her most memorable moment was when uh, Johnny called her Caroline. And we get these kind of jokey lead in memories, but then it gets real. Serene's best moment was when Brandon got emotional and produced tears at just the sight of her on their one on one date. This is a play that we discussed uh, in our recap of that episode. Super high level. I think it might have been my play of the game. I think it was as well. Um, we see <laughs> Brandon say, like, father looking at his daughter. <laughs> Victoria's like, daddy. And then we get this sentence that struck me. Serene says, say that sentence again without the weird part. Uh-huh. And this line, to me, the only 40WR hint of Serene all season was my wow moment of the week. Yeah. I couldn't stop thinking about it after she said this. I, I felt the same. It very much to me revealed that she has been interacting with producers quite a bit. And she now is essentially producing this scene. She doesn't know that they're going to leave that in there. She doesn't know that they're not going no. to cut out the weird daddy line. She thinks, say it again without the weird part, is they're only going to air the good thing. She can edit him. Yeah, she's basically trying to edit him here. And the producers, of course, do her dirty. Which, uh, if anyone had seen the Love is Blind reunion from last season, you should know, you're not in charge of the edit. <laughs> well, there's some shit this season in Love is Blind, too, with a dude pulling... Uh, eye drops out and putting them in his eye. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, they just fucking left it in the cut. Didn't Nick Vial supposedly do that? Yeah, I think so. Serene <laughs> says it's weird because normally when she falls in love, it hits her in the face. But with Brandon, it was more gradual. And every little moment, she realized a little more that she fell in love with him. We get some kisses. Johnny then talks about when they all came back from the, the split. That's when he knew Victoria Fuller was his person. And we see this recap of that reunion. He had no expectations, but now he knows that Victoria Fuller... Uh, that he wants Victoria Fuller to meet everyone in his life. Victoria Fuller says she fell in love with him when he wanted her to talk to her mom, to his mom, and she saw him as the father of her children. Brandon says they are lucky to be in the presence of two incredible women. Johnny says he can't leave paradise without Victoria Fuller. Brandon toasts to potentially getting engaged. The tone of this entire dinner is so different from the rest of the season. There's no one here crying. There's nothing the producers are doing here to derail the relationships. There is no misery being visited upon these people. And it, I mean, to me, I mean, yes, there were some scripted things in this and some weird lines and whatever, but it really felt like I was able to breathe after being held underwater for two months. It was just a nice scene between these people that we oh want to see these relationships work out for them, you know? Yeah. It felt like there should have been more couples there for me. I, I just, yeah. it felt so empty of like. That too. But I mean, that's also a symptom of how they produce the season. And knowing with my groggles on. and Yeah, I mean, the groggles obviously hurt this whole season as well. Or at least these, these last few episodes. Because you're like, fuck, there's really only one couple sitting at that table. <laughs> The groggles, then that, well, then that serene line of like. But even that, like keeping it in there is a dumb choice by the producers. It it taints this otherwise like nice scene. It's so strange. It's just bad producing, bad choices being made left and right. It made me think they were mad at her yeah. for something that's happening. But this tone, if producers are listening to this, please take this bit of advice. 
the tone of the scene is what you need in at least 25% of all scenes in every episode. Have your drama. Will they or won't they? They're in a fight. This is a love triangle. Have all of that. But I want to see 25% of this, things that are good and fun and people don't feel threatened. So when you have a couple like Brandon and Serene, for example, they're great. They obviously seem very in love. It seems like they're the real deal. Why break them up? Why send Serene to the other location? You already have proven that you will hold some couples back. Maltby and Olio did not have to suffer the break. Why do Brandon and Serene? I don't want to see the fun couples, the couples I'm rooting for, in fucking misery for half of the season. It's like every decision they made in, in service of that was wrong. And you see it here in the scene, I think, when you're like, oh, fuck, it is actually nice to just see couples enjoying each other's company. Can't we have some mm-hmm. of that? And this is the first time really you get it all season. Well, uh, we see Victoria tells Johnny that she fell in love when he said, when we have kids, I'll be like, go talk to your mom and I could see a future. I literally can see you as the father of my children. Johnny's like, that's wild. I can't see myself leaving paradise without you. And Victoria goes, aw, well, you better put a ring on it. And does my... Faceplay of the game. I forgot about this faceplay. Wait a minute. What about the Olio faceplay? <laughs> you got two faceplays this I game? forgot about this one. Yeah, okay. I got two. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that's the, that's the one thing it feels like we're watching for the mystery at this point is whether that engagement will happen. Now, you've heard me talk about Quince on this program before. I love Quince. I am right now, head to toe, dressed in Quince. I got their shirts. I got their pants. I got everything from Quince. Quince is my spot for quiet luxury without paying those luxury prices. Quince offers a range of must-have items like 100% European linen, under $50, luxurious mulberry silk skirts, and of course, Italian leather bags and 14 karat gold jewelry from, get this, $30. All their prices are 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And because Quince creates timeless classic styles that won't go out of fashion, you're going to have them in that closet forever, unless you wear them out, which I may because I literally wear them every day. I know you're wondering, how do they do it? Well, Quince partners directly with top factories to cut out the cost of the middleman, passing the savings right on to you and to me. What's even better, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium eco-friendly fabrics and finishes so you can feel good about getting high-quality items that are going to last you longer. Upgrade your closet this summer with Quince. Right now, go to quince.com slash roses to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash roses. We're coming out of spring and we're headed into summer. It's a great time of year. It's a time for renewal. For me, that means reconnecting with friends and family I haven't seen for a while. And when I do, I want to make sure I have plenty of wine on hand to celebrate with. That's why First Leaf is a great option. 
As America's most personalized wine company, First Leaf takes the worry and guesswork out of buying quality wines, especially if you're somebody like me who knows maybe a little bit about these things, but not enough, not enough to really make a great decision. They make the decision for you. To get started, you just answer some specific questions about your wine likes and dislikes on First Leaf's website. And these can be things that are about the people you're buying it for as well, if you're doing it as a gift. It only takes about five minutes to create your own personalized wine profile. Then you get your very own wine concierge who's going to use those responses to curate a customized selection of delicious award-winning varieties from rosés to sparklings and everything in between. It's all based on your personal preferences, on those questions you answered. These hand-selected wines are going to be delivered to your door within a few days with each bottle priced lower than what you'd pay at a wine store. You even get to choose when you get the wine. Plus, Every selection is backed by First Leaf's 100% satisfaction guarantee. And if you have questions about your wines, like what to pair them with, for example, First Leaf's personal wine concierge team is there to offer that expert advice. So it takes all the guesswork out. I love reconnecting with friends and family over bottles of First Leaf wine, and I bet you'll feel that way too. So give First Leaf a try. Head over to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to sign up and save 50% on your first six hand-curated bottles plus free shipping. That's T-R-Y. F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses to save 50% on your first six bottles plus free shipping. Try firstleaf.com slash roses. Roundabout season two presented by Nissan is live now and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas. You will be timed. Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have like, you know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> a lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, yeah, you, you were different. And so much more. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah. Portion nine begins. We get seniors looking for lo- love who are young at heart. Casting card. And we see a bird picking at a crab skeleton. Uh-oh. Then we see this getting ready for Fantasy Suites montage. Jotty ITMs. Victoria is 100% his person, but engagements are a big deal. And we hit this over and over and over again. And Victoria ITMs, this might be the most important night of our lives. they then we cut to Brandon and Serene. They're, they are holding hands walking into the hotel. Brandon says he's going to enjoy the now. He does this mic drop. <laughs> I like that it's like mindfulness, mic drop. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he tells her, when I first met you, I thought I was cursed because the whole season with Michelle Young. Sometimes you don't need to know the answer why. I see it's been right in front of me this entire time. And then she says she appreciates how he trusts her with his heart. This is a direct compliment to his puppy dog strategy. And it's worth it to him to pursue this with her, even though he's been hurt and let down before. She noticed when they were separated, she trusted him the entire time they were away. She doesn't have a second thought that it won't work. She's not scared at all. She never felt this way or this safe with someone. This is the result of his puppy dog play. She's never been so in love with someone. She knows they're the real deal. He says a thousand percent it's the real deal. He says it's the only time you're ever going to have to do any of this bullshit in your life. I'm going to love you for the rest of your life. 
And he says he likes to joke around just to see her laugh. They love level four each other and we get a kiss. This is just like, I believe he's a, a pure four TRR player. I, I sincerely believe it. If he's not, he's fucking great at this. But I think he is. I don't know who to believe at this point. <laughs> and uh, Brandon is the happiest, or she says she's the happiest she's, she's ever been with Brandon. He has it all. He is it all. He's the one. Brandon pulls out that fantasy sweet card, reads the sacred word. She accepts. We get some kissing. He ITMs, being deeply in love, wanting to build a family with her. They sit on the bed. She ITMs, loving him more and more each passing moment. And we get this hero score playing as he ITMs that hands down they're the most secure relationship to ever head into a fantasy suite. And he's ecstatic about tonight. He closes the door. This is an implied consummation. As he ITMs, what could possibly go wrong? And I thought they were maybe going to set up something there, but we didn't get to see it at least in this episode if they are. Uh, this might be a minutiae, but were they just the upstairs was the fantasy suite? I think the whole thing is the fantasy suite. It's like it's probably like the luxury suite at that resort or whatever. But they had a card that they read at the couch level. So was the card implied for the second story? I I was just confused by the locations here. It seemed like they were already in the suite. I thought they went to a dinner where he pulled out the card. I don't know. Uh, and we get this implied consummation here. Portion 10, we have the fantasy suite of Johnny and Victoria. And Johnny asks how Victoria feels. And she's really excited, wants clarity on moving forward. You've completely altered my mindset for a man. And now it's Johnny. And she talks about her deepest fear of being abandoned and that she gravitated towards guys not truly available because she didn't feel she deserved love. And I remember you saying you weren't good enough for me. And he's like, I'm super hard on myself. Even looking in the mirror, I hate everything about me. All my relationships dipped out always for someone else. Are we setting up like the strongest victim edit for Johnny possible? What is maybe? I mean, this is definitely a PTC, um, you know, talking about how he's never felt worthy and the worst feeling in the world is when these people leave him and she tells him that he is enough. He's the best guy ever. She loves him. He loves her too. We get this mutual love level four here. And then she tells him that she has never felt this comfortable. Everything about you is enough. She sees it. That's why she can literally see herself marrying him. They both admit uh, they've never been engaged. And then he asks her if she's ready for it. She is. And then he's like, I don't know if I'm ready. I'm a little scared. This is the ultimate commitment. And she ITMs that it's heartbreaking to hear that he's not really ready for it. He actually says, I don't know if you could ever be ready for something like this. And maybe that's part <laughs> of it that you just have to take the leap, I guess. But nonetheless, he pulls out that fantasy sweet card, reads the sacred words, and she accepts the invitation. And she ITMs needing to figure out if they're on the same page. The door closes, implying consummation. And we cliffhang tomorrow night on the dramatic season finale promotes the live event tears. Logan faces off against Kate. Olio doesn't give somebody closure. Uh, I'm assuming that's Sierra. Jill talks about gaslighting. They're down to the final two couples who will commit. Will they get engaged or will panic set in sparklers? The demon Neil Lane makes an appearance. We see uh, Brandon put on his best cross necklace. Will either couple get married? DLP offers someone the ability to get married right here. And now I'm guessing that's Brandon Serene. The demon Neil Lane Looks like he's telling Donnie not to propose. He's like, you don't have yeah. to do anything. Totally looks like that. I agree. The demon is like, listen, <laughs> if you're having last minute doubts, let me stoke the flames. <laughs> uh, 
I love it. I love when the demon makes his appearances. Well, he only wants the sparklers for true relationships because he thinks of the rings that are come from the broken engagements as yeah. that they go to heaven. They go but to they don't. Heaven. They go to McFleiss's locker to his private collection. Clues. Yeah. No. Yeah, Fleiss has all the, the rings. You knew that, right? That's very strange. I agree. Fleiss has them all. A strange trophy room I can only imagine is in his his home. <laughs> like this, a great way to end the episode. Fleiss has he does. Fleiss has the broken <laughs> engagement rings. What are they doing with them? Nothing. I bet he looks at them. I bet he fucking looks at them. He's like, <laughs> look at all the misery I have wrought. You think he just like spins them around his hands, just feeling their dark energies? <laughs> I bet he has like a room in his house. This is all conjecture. I have no uh, proof of this. I have really no indication that this exists. 100% conjecture. But what I believe is <laughs> he has a circular room with little like, uh, you know, kind of notches cut out of the walls, little display cases for each ring. And they're lit from above. The room is shaped like a, a sparkler. I love that. The room is shaped like a, a circle cut diamond. And he yes. has all of the different rings in little pedestals. It's like, uh, have you ever been into, God, I forget which building it is on the Sony lot, but they have one building that the lobby is all the Oscars that any of their movies have won. And you walk in and it's no. just like this crazy Oscar hall. Okay, so that is what I picture like. I was picturing like House of the Dragon, the big dragon skull candle. Yeah, room. something kind of like that, I suppose. And I bet he goes in there every Saturday night, maybe smokes a cigar, <laughs> looks at it all and just says, this life has meant something. <laughs> anyway, in the tag, we're back to that little <laughs> table where our final four people are eating their dinner and a giant mom interrupts this special dinner buzz bombing all who sit at the table uh causes brandon to kick serene it drops on victoria fuller it gets serene it is the size of a bird and this moth was my <laughs> creature of the week <laughs> this moth knew this scene was probably the most crucial scene in the entire fucking episode. It knew that this is the only moment any of these four players are getting a reprieve from the misery visited upon them by the producers. And mm -hmm. this moth said, fuck you. I'll put some misery on you. And it fucking made their <laughs> life a living hell for at least a minute or two. Congratulations, moth. You really did it. This moth that directly attacked three of the top final four players being like even the... The final four who don't have to get cut will suffer was also my <laughs> creature of the week. I loved it. It was also giant. Like often you can't see the bugs. You just see the reactions. You could see it. It was horrifying. Terrifying. No bug needs to be that big. No bug no. needs to fly. This thing had both size and flight. I'm out. Who was your MVP? For his, for TRR, Compass, Kringle, slash PTC prop play, and face play, Michael Alio was my... 
M M M M V P P I feel like he's been hidden from the document except for colorful yeah. narrator. And this made me like, this is why he was the grocery store, like the hope for the season, you know? Totally. Powerful play. Yes. And you, it made me wonder what else was he doing that we didn't get to see? I don't think, I know. but I don't know. This also like sent me to conspiracy town. Cause I was like, what was he doing that we didn't get to see? He's probably taking naps with fucking Maltby in their house. <laughs> oh, Right. Because they, they live in a second house that they can't show on camera. So that's right. why they're cut from the document. Yeah. I do think they got special treatment and lived in a... But 100% conjecture. It's not 100%. They, there's indications in the document. They did show us some things that were like, wait a minute. Like there was that whole... Uh, I forget <laughs> if it was the last episode or the episode before the whole first five segments. They weren't in it. When all this fucking crazy drama was going on, they were in none of the group shots. Where the fuck were they? I'm just saying, if anybody out there has evidence that Maltby and Olio were in some other location, please let me know. Oh my my DMs are open. But uh, despite all this great play by Olio, he was not my MVP. Who was yours? Brendan Jones was my MMMMMVP. Olio played well. I'm not taking that away from him. However, Olio did not make it to playoffs of paradise. Uh, Brandon did. And Brandon has not made a fucking mistake this entire season. And tonight, he showed us why he is the greatest 4TRR player maybe in the history of fucking paradise. Certainly the best overt puppy dog player we've ever seen. When he was recounting mm -hmm. at that dinner, when he was talking about uh, how he felt seeing Serene come to their one-on-one -on -one in the dress. Aside from the, I felt like a dad looking at my daughter. Aside from that part. And the pissing. Even the recounting of it. And the pissing. He, he had some missteps. But even the recounting <laughs> of seeing her in the dress was an excellent fucking play. Him just recapping his own excellent play was an excellent play. That's hard to do. Um, and he did it expertly. And obviously... You know, getting serene to say, I have no doubts, a thousand percent and all that kind of stuff. I've never felt this way about a man. That is all because his puppy dog play is that fucking strong. This guy is a, a star of paradise. I think he's going to be remembered from this season as maybe the best player simply because he's going to, I think, be the only one to go the distance. That's my <laughs> projection. That's what it seems like. <laughs> yeah. And if they get married on paradise at the end of the season, I mean, holy fuck. Fuck. That's what my gradometer is telling me. <laughs> Your what? Gradometer? What is that? Like an odometer? For it's gra? It's a odometer. <laughs> I was like, what's gra? <laughs> I was like, it's like groggles, but for your odometer. Okay. Anyway... He is so he's no, he is. He's had like pretty much perfect play this whole season. So maybe my bar for him is just so high at this point. Yeah. But no, he's definitely in the conversation for best MVP of the season. I mean, I think there's a few people in the conversation for I sure. Agree. And we'll have to see how the storylines play out at the reunion. I can't wait. And also, Neil Lane in the promo telling Johnny he doesn't have to propose to Victoria Fuller was my 
Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. I, can Neil Wayne be a bystander? I don't know, but I realized I didn't have one for this episode. Yeah. I mean, I guess he's mine too. I'm sure he's been my bystander before. Yeah. I feel like he's he's elevated. He's something different. If Neil Wayne can be a bystander, Neil Wayne was also my. Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno. Bystander of the week. But thank you everyone for joining us. That was our recap of the penultimate episode of Bachelor in Paradise Season 8. This historic season we've seen so much and it's almost coming to an end. We've got one more tomorrow night. Pace Case and I will be viewing it and we'll be recapping it and that recap will be out tomorrow. But... Yes. Right? Is that how that works? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we will not have an episode Wednesday. on Friday. We're not going to have a twibbin. We're just going to do these two episodes and we're going to take Thanksgiving off. We hope everybody out there has a great holiday with your friends, with your family, with uh, your creatures, whoever else you might be celebrating these holidays with. We hope that you enjoy it. And we thank you once again for joining us, not only for this episode, but for this uh, strange ride that we have gone on for three years now. It has taken us to some pretty incredible places, continuing to do so. We're about to go to Stefan Lovegrove's ball oh my God. next. What wait. is that? In like two or three weeks? I can't wait either. I've been seeing all the stuff he's posting about it. Uh, Katie Thurston made a post that was fucking great about uh, the guys she's going to meet there or whatever. Oh, yeah. That video. Yeah, that was so good. Um, and you've made you've promised to turn heads. So I look forward to your look. I've begun purchasing some items with the help of one of my friends who is a fantastic costumer for movies and television. Uh, we went out this weekend and purchased a few pieces to add to the look. Some things are being tailored as we speak. I'm getting some stuff sent in as we speak. I hope it's the I hope it's the king's crown from half face crown from House of the Dragon. <laughs> uh, it's not quite that cool. Or maybe it's way cooler. I don't know. Time will tell. But thanks again, everyone, for joining us. And before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? It has been 7,547 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then 